Welcome to episode 39, where we'll be unpacking a seemingly difficult question for some, one that is overlooked, taken for granted, and even dodged in our culture. But one day we'll all be faced with it head on. And it is one of the most important questions to consider while we still have the time. And that question, are you ready to meet Jesus? Now, I know this question may feel big, but sadly, most people won't ever take the time to even begin to answer this question. Yet they'll spend hours a day shopping online and scrolling through social media posts, months or even years remodeling a house, decades building a career and a family, yet won't ever pick up a Bible to discern the most important question of all. The one question that decides their fate, if they believe if God is real, because it's not a matter of if we'll stand before Jesus, but when, you know, tomorrow is never promised despite what we have on our calendars. And I don't know about you, but given the current state of where our globe is at and where it's headed ever so quickly, it has me realizing just how soon we could be face to face with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I know that might feel disheartening to imagine not being here with your loved ones, but as this world gets louder, we need to be certain of where we're going after this and if we're ready to stand in front of Jesus. So a few aspects I wanted to break down in this episode about being ready to meet Jesus is, is your salvation secure? Have you repented? Are things in order? Are you leaving anything on the table? So first up, let's talk about salvation. Is your salvation secure? Meaning, are you going to heaven? The sad reality is most people do not know the answer to this question. And this is the most important in Romans 10, nine, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So have you done that? Have you confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord? He is your savior. And with all of your heart, do you believe that God rose him on the third day? Because if you do, the Bible says you will be saved and you will be going to heaven. But if you don't, the Bible says in Revelation 2015, that if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he will be thrown into the lake of fire. You know, I was listening to a sermon by Jack Hibbs describing hell. And in one of his sermons, which I'll link below in the show notes, it was part of a a small series, but it was part two on uh, a heaven. Will you be going there? Uh, that was like the the title of it. Heaven, will you be going there? And it was part two. And side note, if you're questioning God, um, I would encourage you go to Jack Hibbs on YouTube, click his playlist, go to futures and just watch it. It'll be in there. But again, I'm gonna link it to the show notes, but there's so many good topics in there that you might be considering of hard questions about right now. But anyways, it was depicting hell and he was describing you know, that place of total darkness. And it's not the fiery, you know, hell that you think where there's just a a party down there with all the bad people. Um, He was chalking it up to scripture. And I literally cried because, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover, but 
it's, it's talking about a lot of different things as you go on it. But when you bring all the verses together that depict what it really will be like in hell, it is horrifying. You know, I can't even begin to imagine as he was talking about this, I just started crying because so many people are on their way there right now. I mean, in the Bible it says narrow is the gate to heaven and very few people find it. So the vast majority is headed there and they don't even see how horrific this is. It's a place that's completely void of love. There is no life and there was no light. It is total darkness, a dark, so black that it feels like it's constantly closing in on you and you're completely alone. It's not some place where you're suffering alongside someone. You are in the worst agony forever and ever by yourself in complete darkness. In Matthew 13, 50, it says in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, gnashing of teeth is where people grind their teeth out of utter stress until they break. You know, this is just a small tidbit of what hell will be like. It is going to be beyond what we can ever fathom. And hopefully we'll never, ever have to be in that place. But the reality is there's a loved ones that we have that could very well be headed there. And as he continued, I was just thinking of, again, all the people that are in our world right now, just walking down, looking with their heads in the phone or looking at other things and busy about life, but not ever busy about God. Yet they're alive right now, but living carelessly for the things of this world with no clue of the complete and utter horror of where they're headed in their unbelief if they do not change directions because of their unwillingness to know God. You know, I also cried because I was so thankful in that moment that I believe in God, that I found God and that he saved me and that he died for us and he rose again. And I just, I believed it and that my daughter is saved. And I don't, I just want everyone in my family, my friends, and I want you to make it to heaven and to know that one day we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. And right now, every decision that we make if we want to follow him and go after it, it is going to have huge repercussions. So you guys being face to face with Jesus and eternity in heaven is not something to take for granted. This is something to know for certain in your heart right now. And if you don't know, it's time to get serious before you run out of time, because once your time is up here, once your life stops, there's no second chances. You can't say, oh, hey, God, yeah, okay, Jesus, you are real. I kind of believe you're real. You know, I was kind of thinking about it, kind of in my heart, question it. So since you're here, you know, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. It's not, God's not going to be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Walk on in. It's not like that. In Matthew 7, 23, Jesus says, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, the reality is there was a study that was done. And I heard about this and it was saying that um, 30% of, of Christians, so really small, you know, um, area, or I'm losing the word for that, but just a narrow place as well. Cause think of it, there's not that many Christians in the world, but 30% of those Christians are actually Christians. A lot of them are practicing new age. They're 
worshiping other idols. They don't really believe in God. They just label themselves. They're living in sin. They're blaspheming God left and right. So there it's actually 30%. It's so narrow. You guys, we don't even realize it, but we may see on the outside, someone's appearance of, Oh, they go to church. You know, they look great from the outside. Look at their social media. They look, I mean, they're definitely godly. I mean, it says in their profile, right? They love God, love Jesus. It is not going to be like that. God's not going to say, Hey, you did all these outward things. God knows the heart. You can't fake it till you make it with God. You can't fake your belief. God's going to know. Jesus is going to know the second he looks at you. It says in revelation that his eyes are like fire and not in a, a horrific way, but in a way that he sees everything that he searches us. And so we have to get right. This isn't something we can fake or something that we can put off. And I'm saying this because I just want you to know how serious this is for so long. I was going in the wrong direction. And I am just so thankful that God still gave me time on my life to find him because if he had called me home a couple decades early, I wouldn't be going to heaven as my home. I'd be going probably somewhere else because my life was not in alignment with him. I wasn't confessing that Jesus Christ was Lord. I just didn't fully believe in my heart. I was still questioning. I was still searching. So I'm just so thankful that I found it. So if you found yourself in that position, I'm going to give you some tips to go forward to know for certain, because I do not want you to stand before him and feel unclear because the time will be up. And so um, if you're questioning that, get in God's word. Like this isn't a joke, get in the Bible, read it. I would start in the gospels, know who Jesus is. What is his character? Start asking the questions. When did he live? What did he do while he was here? You know, he was a human being. He walked this earth, you know, God in human form and just ask the hard questions. If you know any Christians out there that have fruit in their life, whether on social media or in your sphere of influence, maybe you don't even have one in your sphere of influence. Maybe you start going to a church or maybe it's Like I said, someone on social media, message them, reach out to them, ask the hard questions, whatever questions you're wrestling with, like, well, I can't see him or why does he allow evil in the world? Or what about the suffering or is whatever questions you're holding onto that are causing you to stumble and not move forward in God, ask them so you can get the, the, the answers to them and you can move forward in your walk with him and go to church, listen to the sermons, be there in community, start growing, start asking, get curious, get into a Bible study, listen to sermons throughout the week. I mean, this will transform your life. You, can, I put a post out this last week was saying, uh, just from what my pastor said, and it was so true. It's you can't expect to just show up to church on Sunday and just assume, Hey, like wipe your hands clean. I did it. I did my part. It's not like that. God knows the heart. You got to know in your heart and believe it. And so know for certain, this is something you're going to have to do on your own and that you're going to know 100%. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I know that I know, well, maybe God's calling you to, to get to somebody else and make sure that they know this isn't a time to just be casual about it. This is the time to be bold and to be on fire and to move in the way that God is calling us to, because we will all be face-to-face with them one time at one point in our life. It's not going to be just you or me or whoever. We are all going to meet him and we want to stay with him, not go elsewhere. And so, um, I really want you to press into that. And another tip I'll say on that is I linked a video. It's called a case for Christ. If you follow me on social media, I've mentioned this a bunch of times. I read the book when I was, I want to say 21 or 20, 
um, stumbled upon this book in the library. They made a movie of it and it is incredible or sorry, stumbled across the book at Barnes and Noble. And anyways, the movie is amazing. It's based on a true story. It is a journalist who is an atheist um, who goes to prove a case that Jesus isn't real. He didn't exist or he didn't die on a cross. He didn't rise again. He was trying to disprove the gospels and the ending is incredible. So I linked the full video there. It's free on uh, YouTube. You can check it out. Um, okay. So second point, repenting, which is asking God to forgive you of your sins. Now, this isn't something you do one time and then you're cleared, all's forgiven. This is something we ought to be doing daily to constantly ask God to search our own hearts, to ask for forgiveness. I mean, we're, we're human. We stumble all the time just because we're saved or we're Christian or we believe, you know, it doesn't mean that we stop sinning. It's just this constant refinement. And it, we get better at this by being in, in, in prayer and repenting and being connected to God's people and learning and growing in him and getting further in his word and his truth so that God can do that real work in us to shape us because we're going to stand before him. And so repent. And this is something, again, like I said, I do daily and I didn't used to do this, but I'm constantly checking my heart. If maybe I have a short fuse with my child that day, because, you know, I have lack of sleep. That's not an excuse. You know, it's just God forgive me. And I do it in front of my kids too. Like, I'm so sorry, you know, um, and I, I, I think it's so smart as a parent to posture ourselves before our kids of our shortcomings and, and repent in front of them. So they see one, how to actually live this out as an adult and as a, as a child and two, that we're in need of a savior and three, we're not perfect. We were not designed to be perfect. That's why we have a perfect God in an unperfect world. And, um, we're living in this and we're trying to just grow and be better because of him and because of his truth. So, uh, repenting daily. And I've heard about parents doing this with their kids around the table, especially as they get older and say, is there anything you want to confess tonight? Is there anything that, you know, is on your heart and that we can pray over you pray through and just work through and navigate. And there's been so many beautiful stories that have come from that. And so I think, you know, as we get older is to have that space for our kids to just confess with their heart and for us to pray with them and, and to hold them accountable in a beautiful way, not a condemning way, but to get them to raise them up in that way of, of knowing how to repent, because I never saw it modeled out. You know, I didn't know how to do this until I was an adult and maybe it, that's the same with you too. So, um, anyways, and repenting with prayer, God does miraculous work in us. I mean, there is a freedom that comes in it. And I feel like the enemy will try to get us not to do those things and think like, oh, it's not important. God knows your heart. Don't even worry about it. You don't need to repent, but it is so important because what it does for us and in us, and you know, the, the devil wants to keep us locked up in our chains and in our sin. And when we're not releasing that, we tend to get trapped in our sin and just keep circulating it on this hamster wheel. And then eventually it gets us further and further away from God. It's just a slow crawl, right? The devil is so patient, but if we want to be ready to meet Jesus, we got to be repenting and be freeing ourselves from that. So we can stand more full in the identity of who he has called us to be while we're here. So in second Chronicles seven fourteen, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know, I believe that if we all just be, went in immense 
repentance of, you know, of the church, of our people, of our country, of our world, of our globe, just all of it, God can do miraculous healing. And we need to stand in that. In Acts 3.19, it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It's just saying it's that refreshing, that renewal. All right. So third point, are things in order? Meaning is your walk in order? Is your marriage in order? Your relationship with your children and your home? These may sound like maybe trivial things in the way that the world wants us to think, you know, the world is like, Oh, Hey, look over here, go for this, go for that big dream. Go, you know, they want us to look outside our house and of our family, but the first ministry is our home. It's our own walk. It's our marriage. If you're married, our relationship with kids, showing them God, raising them up in the way they'll go and taking care of our home. These are things that he's entrusted us to, and they're really important. So are they in order? You know, if we were to meet Jesus, would we feel like when we left, things were going to be okay to leave for our kids or our spouse? You know, and I know it's a hard thing to think about, but lately all I've been feeling this quiet, subtle voice of God in, in my heart is just saying, get your house in order, get your house in order. And so I've been doing some wild things and they're not really wild. The more I think of it, they're actually like adult (laughs) adulting. And that is just, I've been getting together stuff in case of an emergency. I've been, I wrote out this, um, card where I have a bunch of stuff, you know, my house is small, but like a lot of important things. And I have them in easy to grab and go places. If we needed to leave, I even wrote a note, like say, if something happened of just where all our main things are for the kids, um, what I want to give them if something happened. And I know this sounds like almost morbid, but you guys, one day we will be leaving. We weren't giving these bodies to dwell in forever on earth. And, you know, I would love to be raptured up with my kids, but we don't know if that will be in our generation or not. I feel like it's, there's a good probability, but who knows what can happen and accident can happen. Anything can happen, or we can have a thousand more years, who knows, you know, until God raptures that generation up. But the point is, are things in order? Do we feel ready in that first ministry? Because, you know, we don't, things don't have to look perfect, but we don't want to just haphazardly going through life and just stumbling through the blessings God's entrusted to us in our marriage, in our children, in our home. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So are you stalling? Because one day the clock will run out. All right. Lastly, I want to talk about the the concept of, are you leaving anything on the table? Maybe you feel confident in these other areas, but is there something God's calling you to do in this season, or maybe has been knocking on your heart with for the last couple of years or year? Like, Hey, I want you to do this thing. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it seems simple. Maybe it seems trivial. Maybe it's this big thing that you're like, I don't even know how to tackle it. If God is knocking on your heart with something, don't think you've got more time than you do. You know, he could pass it off to somebody else, you know, take the time to act in it, regardless if it makes sense or not, because one day we're going to have to stand before him, you know, in Romans 14, 12, it says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. What if God's saying, Hey, I gave you a million chances to go do this thing. 
and you sat there just ignoring it, walking from me. You never saw the fullness of what I could do. You never grew in relationship with me. That thing was to bring a blessing to this or to your family or to your home or to your living situation or to that person that was hurting or suffering. I called you to do it. Why didn't you do it? We're going to have to give an account. And I think that we, you know, if I'm being frank, we play it safe. We stick in our comfort zone. You know, this whole last year where the whole world has been shut in, in their homes, a lot of people have stayed shut in and gotten really comfortable, but God's not calling us to stay comfortable. He's calling us out into the unknown. He's calling us to walk forward and be bold as his followers, as his believers. And so I want to remind you that we're going to stand before him and we're going to give an account. And I'm not just, you know, pointing the finger. This is something that's pointing the finger, you know, directly at myself as I say this, because I want to be able to hear well done, good and faithful servant, not out of some prideful egotistical thing, but I don't want to stand before him wishing I could go back and get another chance. You know, I don't know that we can even have that thought because we'll be in the fullness of his glory and it will just be such a magnificent thing that I think we'll just be washed clean if we're going into heaven with him. But what if we have that feeling of, man, I, I kind of didn't really play it full out. I kind of was just doing this pre-run and wasn't really living life, but just going through it. And man, would that be a shame? So friends, are you leaving anything on the table? If God's saying to do something, do it. Maybe it's to call someone you love. Maybe it's super simple and just tell them about God. Maybe God's calling you to spread light to people and to bring someone to him. Maybe it's to forgive someone that you're still holding on to those grudges and resentments from, but it's just harming you inside. Maybe God's just saying, forgive, like I forgive. Maybe it's just tell someone you love them. Maybe it's to love more like Jesus loved. Maybe it's your own salvation that you're leaving on the table because you're just not fully invested in it. Whatever it is, check your heart and just act. So as we close, I want to ask you again the question. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Because every day is one day closer. And when that day comes, we don't get a redo. We don't get a fresh start, another chance. It's a final destination. And there's no other way to get to heaven other than through Jesus. There's no shortcuts. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So please don't get caught up in what your friends are doing. Don't get caught up in the culture of how they're trying to imprint on the world. What matters is when you stand before Jesus, because you won't be with the friends. You won't be with the culture. You won't be with this world. You will be alone before him. So are you ready? I hope this episode was helpful. Um, and I hope that it was encouraging to know that, Hey, you still have time and God's calling you for more because I can't imagine meeting him and standing in his glory and the vastness of who he has, who he is and what he has for us. But we're going to be there if we believe. And so um, I want to encourage you today to just go forward with full abandonment of all the what ifs in your heart and just cling to what is good, what is true and what is right in his word. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You could find me on Instagram. I, lot, I answer a lot of questions there. Even if you're struggling with this, just be honest 
There's no condemnation. I've been through it. There's nothing that you can ask me that I probably haven't thought or wrestled with or found the answer to myself um, through seeking amazing pastors. But I'm going to link some great stuff in the show notes for you, stuff to watch, stuff to check out, and people that might encourage you on the truth of your quest um, to learn more about God before you get in the presence of Jesus one day. So until next week, I will see you later. Bye.